And I say it that way because I think, you know, the, the biggest challenge I believe with entrepreneurship is the first step. Like mm-hmm. it, it's not like you said, and I love that. I love your podcast and I love the work you're doing because we have to have these real conversations. You know, our, our head wants us to put on this perfect face for everyone, like, you know, like social media. to another episode of Doing the Most, The Misadventures of Entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Georgie, and today we have the amazing Ashley Reed with us, and she's going to be sharing her story, her adventures, and misadventures of being an entrepreneur. So Ashley, if you could go ahead and give us a little bit of background about who you are and what do you do as an entrepreneur? What, you know, what is your business? Definitely. Well, and first of all, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Uh, so I worked in corporate marketing for 18 years, mostly in sports and entertainment. And then I finished out my career in tech with Amazon as head of global events for Amazon advertising. And throughout that, I just always felt like something was off or missing. So I actually started my first two businesses or ventures, one business, one venture while I was still in corporate. The first one was um, and still is a real estate investment and management business for um, residential rental properties. And then the second one was becoming an investor in the cryptocurrency space. And then I also got my coaching certification and that's my main business that I do now. The other two run a little bit on autopilot. Uh, So my main focus is I'm a a coach for high performers looking to do deeper inner work and awakening work. So I kind of wear a hat for all three with my main focus being on coaching. Nice. And so what made you have that shift? So you said you were working at Amazon. That was like your kind of your last um, corporate role. And then you mm-hmm. shifted into real estate. What was that catalyst? Like, did something happen? Did you see the market? Like, what happened? Yeah, it's a great question. You know, the catalyst happened in my 20s, to be honest. <laughs> and if I look back, even at my, like, growing up, I would have mm-hmm. these little twinges. My dad was a um, Division One college football coach. And I remember I loved being involved in sports and the excitement of it. But I'd see him walk out the door and I'm like more missed time. Is that really worth mm. it? And, you know, I was in like in my, around 10 years old when things like that were happening. So it always followed me in terms of like, is this really what life is about? Is this where I want to be spending my time? And I think what happened as I, as I started my marketing career and everything was so intense, it, it just started, that voice started to get louder and louder in terms of like, is this what's really important to me? And I had a moment in my twenties when I was working in an agency in New York city. And I was, I was working late at the office, which is, you know, the norm. And um, I was in the middle of my work and I paused and had this thought of like, okay, when I look back from my deathbed, what decision right now is going to make me smile? And I mean, I strong reaction that what I was doing now was not it because I was missing time with friends and family. I was missing, missing experiences. And so there were all these little kind of twinges and moments along the way. And so it was about six years ago that it got so loud. I was like, it's time to make a change. So that's when I started building the real estate business. I started investing in crypto. I started trying to build um, some wealth and financial stability on the side to allow me to step away. So it was kind of an ongoing progression. Yeah. And you you mentioned something just now that I want to highlight, because I think a lot of people tend to ignore those like you call it, I think you said twinges or pokes, you know, some yeah. things like and then like Oprah calls them like whispers. And, you know, how yeah. how did that feel? Like d- describe that a little bit for us of like, was it like a voice in your head? Like, was it, you know, just attitude changes? Like what was really happening within you? I love, love that question, because I think what happens 
so often, and this is a lot of work that I do now with my clients, is we we work so much and we're using our mind and our head mm -hmm. so much and our ego gets stronger and stronger and stronger. And it almost becomes this David and Goliath battle between our ego and our true self. And it's so big and strong that it can, it can um, kind of quiet and push down that intuition and that voice. So for me, it was really about creating space to hear it even in the chaos, that voice, that that true self intuition, whatever you want to call it, is always trying to get through to us. So it's up to us to create that space and create that ability for ourselves to hear it. So for me, it really came through when I had space, like I paused, you know, for that moment at work that night. And that's when the question shot up to me. I had given a little bit of space. So I really felt it in my body. I felt them like literally gut reactions of like, oh, is this what I want? Is this right? I think for me, it's very body heavy, like that mm -hmm. feeling that sort of comes through in a way where I can understand what it means. But I think for everyone, it comes through differently. The, the key to remember is that we all have it and it's always trying. We just have to create space to be able to hear it. Yes. And I, and I love that you highlighted like it was that moment when you slowed down and had a moment of peace. Exactly. And I think, you know, being New Yorkers, like we're both in New York <laughs> right now, it's just busy, busy, busy. Something is yeah. always happening. Something is always moving, moving, moving. Um, and recently in the news, um, you know, there was an incident in Brooklyn. And, you know, depending on where you're watching this, um, essentially what happened were, was, um, you know, there was an act of violence. And there were people on social media that were watching the video uh, that a, a, a pedestrian like um, recorded. And they were saying, you know, why is everyone so calm? Or like, you know, New Yorkers are still just going about their day. Like, do they not just see all the ruckus happening and sad but true we're conditioned like things are going to get really crazy and we're all you know in new york specifically um other states and um towns may not have this experience or something similar but it's just like we're so conditioned to a lot of loud noises a lot of violence a lot of you know unhealthy things and we just move through it as if oh everything is fine like this is normal like why am i not hearing people yelling and screaming at like 2 a.m like if it's silent it's like whoa 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 <laughs> is it still safe <laughs> yeah it's so true and i think what becomes really scary is our ego loves that mm -hmm. right it thrives in that because the busier our ego can keep us the more it can keep us on autopilot the more it can keep us focused on doing pushing and achieving the less we can hear that voice yeah. and so it loves the chaos it loves the clutter it loves the overstimulation that definitely exists in new york in a heightened way but i think exists everywhere right now mm -hmm. and so yeah we do we just start to we start to become programmed to just function in this overstimulation and it makes every stimuli a little bit harder to receive a little bit harder to really hear and connect to so i think that's a great point yeah i love that thank you um and so you know now that you are you've been in this for like you said about six years what is that experience like you know what are some of the things that you've had to learn or do that you might have never expected to have to do as an entrepreneur, right? You know, from the outside looking in, it looked one way, but when you got in there, yeah. like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, you know, I think one of the biggest ones, so I started the company, the the first two, one company and one venture uh, around six years ago, but I just left corporate uh, right before the pandemic. I gave my notice in November of 2019, left in January of 2020, not having any idea what was about to happen. <laughs> Perfect time. Um, I know, right? I was like, yeah, I'm free. And then I'm free in my apartment for you know, <laughs> a year. Yeah, it was, it was quite the adventure. Um, but I think, you know, the bit, one of the biggest things for me that I was really surprised by was like just refinding my routine. And that sounds small, but it is not small when you're an entrepreneur. There's so, everything is on you. And I had been, I had 
been conditioned by a schedule and by external influences on where I needed to be, what I needed to do for 18 years. And all of a sudden it was like, I would wake up and there was a time period where I was like, I mean, I could really do this tomorrow, right? I don't have to do it today, do I? And so there's this really interesting in-between time mm-hmm. where you're becoming your own overseer. And I, I don't think I have a lazy bone in my body, but it was just confusing to come out of all of that structure. And I was not expecting that. I was like, I'm a structured person and I am somewhat, but a lot of that was because of the influence of, you know, the companies I was working with and the structure mm-hmm. I had to keep. So I think that one was super surprising to me how long it took to found the route to find, excuse me, the routine that worked for me. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know like, what time do I like to go to bed? What time do I like to wake up? Like, what is my normal body clock? Cause I was just operating on the schedule like of how I had to operate. Yeah. yeah, it was really interesting. Yeah, it was a surprise one, but it it has an impact until you find that. Yeah, and and I definitely echo that sentiment, right? You have to figure out what works works best for you, and you have almost the permission now to do that, right? Where yeah, everything else is like here here is the 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 formula, just follow it. You know, you'll be successful. Go to school nine to five, go to college nine to five, go do a job nine to five. At the end, you know, you come home. Weekends are for TV. After work is for happy hour. Like it's just like this set, very yeah. clear pattern, and you have to now, like make oh make time to figure out what you want and what's what's really really important to you yeah and like what really works well for you right like I thought the schedule I had before was overall a good schedule for me but in the end it really wasn't you know I was just so used to it so yeah you just kind of I think when you become an entrepreneur you really just re-get to know yourself whether you're working in coaching or not obviously I did a lot of that because I did inner work to allow me to be a coach but whether you do that or not you're creating space that you just get to know yourself again, um, which is really powerful, but it comes with a lot of bumps. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, uh, famously said with um, the Spider-Man series, with great power comes great responsibility. Yeah, there you go. Exactly. You have, right. You have exactly. now the power to control your day and you're also controlling, um, you know, the team around you. So I want to shift into that a little bit. What is your yeah. um, team like and does your business require a team? Right. And that's another thing. Like, what does your work world look like? Yeah, so this has been fun for me. I am still a solopreneur. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm probably fighting scaling a little bit if I'm honest <laughs> with myself. You know, I managed teams for a really long time in my corporate career and was involved in large organizations. And there were just always so many people and so many sign offs. And mm-hmm. um, it, not that it would be like that as an entrepreneur as I start building my teams, but I've really enjoyed it just being me right now so as my business my coaching business has really taken off um so i'm in the place where i need to start scaling so that will come into play now in the meantime i've been working with freelancers and getting help as it makes sense um but i think i'm probably not doing one of the things that i tell everyone to do which is um (laughs) at least i'm aware of it right which is you know hire for anything that you can't do like let me rephrase that better i'm not phrasing it well like the only thing that you should put your hours into are the things that no one else can do. Mm. And I think that's a really important rule to have in entrepreneurship because otherwise you end up spending your time and energy on tasks that could be outsourced. And then the things that you cannot outsource start to become at risk because you might not have time to put towards them. So I'm, I'm teetering on not following my own rule there. But yeah, as of now, it's just me and I have to admit, I'm still just, I'm, I'm enjoying being solo in it right now. Awesome. Yes. And that that advice is so critical because as you grow and as your business grows, you know, there's going to be more things to do. And 
if you have to spend five hours on something that's like you can you know set, set over to somebody else then you don't have the rest of the day don't have the rest of the time to really focus on that bigger thing that thing that's going to close you know those large deals those large large clients and yeah, so exactly. now we're about halfway through and I want to ask you a question about you know what has been a misadventure that has happened in this world of entrepreneurship so something that you just did not expect and it was just like whoa um it could be something that you failed at something that you know, just blew you away as you've taken this journey as an entrepreneur? Yeah, I mean, I think this is kind of like my, my moment of leaving corporate, how it was gradual. I think this was a little bit gradual for me too. But the first one that comes to mind was just getting my marketing and branding and website and everything done and ready. I really underestimated how personally attached I was to it. I got into some moments of perfection around it, you know, and when you're in, when you're working in corporate, obviously my work was extremely important to me. Like I, I made sure I was always giving 110%. It wasn't that I didn't want things to look good, but there's this different level of connection when they're your babies. And I fell into a little bit of a, a trap around perfectionism of like, okay, I can't launch the website yet, but I got to rephrase this. I got to rework that. Like, what do I want my branding to look like? What do I want my messaging to be in my head? And ego really started to play a lot with me in that space. And I think that can be a dangerous, it, it might sound small, but it's not an entrepreneurship because again, anything that takes time away from you doing your core business is, is an important issue to address. And it can be really easy to to use the overconnection to what we're building yep. and let that kind of take you down a dangerous path that, that gets you delayed and, you know, creates procrastination. So I think that's been one of my biggest ones that for me, it was about just pausing, taking my own advice as a coach and pausing and really recentering into to who I am, to that true self voice. And just like what feels right and go. I can always revise. It doesn't have to be perfect, but it's a challenging one when you're so connected and passionate about what you're doing yeah and and I, and I love that you know just like kind of stepping out of our own way because oftentimes we are the ones in our own way we don't like to hear it I know I do. yeah um, not, right the ego is like no we are not no yes. we're not and anytime we turn to the ego like that we know it's <laughs> right right we've we've poked the right bear <laughs> Yeah, and I like what you said earlier. You're like, at least I'm aware of it. So it's like we're aware yeah. of it. But it's like, but it's still important. I want to work on it. Yeah. Um, and so for this, uh, for building out that branding, were you doing it yourself or were you working with um, contractors? And did you kind of like drive them nuts? Like, <laughs> yeah, great question. So this is another key learning that I would do differently. I did it myself. Mm-hmm. Look, marketing is my area of expertise, but I think there's this balance when you're building your own business that you should outsource for certain things because I was too close to it. You know, I got some, I got a little bit of help. Like when I was having the website design, they got, you know, some, some feedback from the person that was building it that also had some design um, abilities, but I had already had in my head exactly how I wanted it to look and everything. Mm-hmm. So I think it, it, there's this, there can be a bit of a detriment to being too close to something. So even though marketing and branding is my area of expertise, there's an emotional involvement that comes, I think, with something like this, that it slowed me down. So I drove myself crazy, not not people I was outsourcing to, but it was still, you know, it's looking back at something I would do differently next time around, just step back a little bit, surrender a little bit into letting someone else take the lead. And I think that would have been a better approach. Yeah. And that sounds a lot to me, like setting boundaries, right? I know yeah. um, I had... I struggled with this for a very long time of setting boundaries 
um, for myself and for others around me. And when it comes to my came to or business, like you said, we can take it so personally. Someone doesn't want to work with you or somebody doesn't like the way your website looks. It feels like a personal job. Like you don't like me. Like why, why don't you, you know, why is it not perfect in my head? It's perfect. And it looks perfect. Like, what do you mean? This is, can we change this? Can this be um, updated? So definitely thank you for um, being so transparent about that. And now I want to shift into just how has being an entrepreneur impacted your mental health? Is it, has it been a positive experience? Um, you know, anything negative that you're open to sharing? Um, because I think we don't talk about that enough, like that mental toll that it, it takes of being your own business owner, just the source of your income, the source of your livelihood. And um, yeah, so I'll, I'll pass it to you to, you know, share that experience. Yeah, definitely. And I'm, I'm happy to be, you know, super open about it. I think for me, it's been both. Um, I think the, the positive impact on my mental health has been this space. Like I'm a firm believer in the power of space. Like I was saying earlier, it's so important to me that it actually has its own phase in the work I do with my clients. Like that's what allows us to hear ourselves to, um, to just figure out what we truly want. And I think that it has the same impact in business as it does in your personal life. So having that space has allowed me to honestly see other investment opportunities, really feel into what I want for my business, feel into, like we were talking earlier, what's right for my routine? What is healthy for me? What time does my body want to get up? You know, what time do I want to go to bed? So really getting in touch with what works for me versus making myself work around something else has been huge for my mental health. And, you know, I said when I was building the coaching business, because again, the other two are, are a little more on autopilot at this point, um, was I want to build a business around my life, not my life around my business. Nice. And I think if you think about that statement and purpose in general, having that as your goal is good for your mental health in general, because you're choosing yourself and you feel that every day when you wake up. Um, I think the challenging part of it, we touched on a little bit, honestly, it, it, it's figuring out what you want and there can be some pressure. Um, you know, the ego loves any opportunity to create judgment. And I think there's a big opportunity for that around being an entrepreneur. All of the, the shoulds, you know, should mm -hmm. is a word that is only used by the ego. So if, if any of us ever hear that in our heads or, or say that out loud, we know the ego's in play. But it's still very powerful, even when you know it. And so like, I should, I should have these clients by this time, I should have this income by this day, I should be getting up at this time versus listening to myself and feeling into what feels right for me. So I think it's been learning to I mean, I luckily work in a space that that has helped me through that. But I think it's really learning to find that balance and quiet the ego and, and figure out how to not let judgment come into play so much. Um, and then the other piece of that, like you said, is just the pressure financially. Um, you know, I feel lucky I had set up the other businesses first and I feel lucky my coaching business is, is doing really well. So I'm actually in a better financial place than I was in corporate, which I'm, I'm very grateful for, Congrats. but you still, it's still on you. You know, it's still sometimes I feel like, wait a minute, should I, should I do more? It's, it's strange to not have that paycheck coming in. It's strange to not have the health insurance used to have. So all of that does feel like this ongoing pressure. And I think it's really important to, to manage it um, and be aware of it. Yeah. And find your way through it. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing and just, you know, being real about it. Cause I think oftentimes not enough people are real enough about that experience yeah. that, 
that financial pressure because so much of or I think we're conditioned especially in like this <laughs> in our society to be so connected to you know or net worth as being or or value like you know you mm-hmm. are not your net worth and like disconnecting that line to say you know I am me the income that I have is this and like that b- builds a gap that it's, it's a healthy gap versus like you know I'm making good amount but like there's always more to get like I want this bigger thing this more expensive thing so thank you so much for sharing that mm-hmm. um and Tonight, you know, we're, we're coming to the end of the show and I would love for you to share some advice, right? Um, advice that you have for aspiring entrepreneurs, people that are just dreaming about something. Maybe they don't want to be an entrepreneur. They want to just, um, you know, launch a product or service or just something to make them feel good. But just what advice would you leave for other dreamers and doers out there? Do it. <laughs> <laughs> and I say it that way because I think, you know, the, the biggest challenge, I believe, with entrepreneurship is the first step. it's not like you said and I love that I love your podcast and I love the work you're doing because we have to have these real conversations you know our our head wants us to put on this perfect face for everyone like you know like social media shows Mm -hmm. this perfect version of people's lives that isn't real it's important to be real um and I think you know there are challenges in it but usually the hardest thing is taking that first step especially if you're in a, a stable career and you have that you know um those golden handcuffs that are hard hard to to break away from. Take that first step. And then also don't be afraid to start small. I think the other thing that I see a lot um, with my clients, and I know I experienced myself was you set, if you set goals that are really intimidating, your ego and your mind have a lot to play with you around, a lot to mess with Mm. you around. I even say that around something like meditation. Don't sit down for your first time and try to meditate for 30 minutes try for five minutes or even one minute. Mm -hmm. And I think that same concept applies to becoming an entrepreneur. Give your head and ego less to mess with. Take small steps. They're still moving you in the right direction, but it's not as intimidating and it can help you get to your goal sometimes faster because you don't hit as many blocks that way. So I think do it. You'll never regret trying, I fully believe. Um, And check yourself kind of like I did in my 20s. I would use that with all of my teams moving forward too. When you look back from your deathbed, what decision right now is going to make you smile? Because we often forget to just pause and think about what will make us happy and then let that drive you taking that step and then taking smaller steps that keep leading to bigger ones. Love, love, love that. Yes, it's the it's the journey, right? There's this like quote that says, um, like the dash is what matters between like your birthday mm, and your, you die. Like it's the dash and like, we, we don't see those dates, but like, that's where all the magic happens and you get to live your life. And so, you know, that is definitely a powerful question to ask um, for folks that want to connect with Ashley. Um, her information is going to be in the show notes in the description box below. Um, Ashley, is there any specific way you like for folks to reach out or contact you that you want to share here? Yeah, I mean, um, for my website, they can fill out a contact form if they want to reach out to me or they can reach me at info at ashleyreed.com, which is on there also. Um, and then I post most of my content on Instagram and also on LinkedIn, which both are at Ashley Reed Official. Awesome. Thank you so much for being here with us and sharing your adventures, your misadventures while been, <laughs> while you're doing the most in your entrepreneurial journey. Thank you so much, everyone that has tuned into this episode. Again, like, subscribe, review, and find out more information about Ashley in the um, comment section, the description box below. And we will see you in another episode of Doing the Most, The Misadventures of Entrepreneurship. Thank you. Thank you.